So for instance, if I'm pitching cold email and they say something like, how many inboxes do you run per month? Are you doing email warm up? Do you have domains ready? Like if they have all these questions, then you know that they are probably a bad fit customer. It's similar if you're selling web development. If you're like trying to pitch web development and someone gets back, like what tech stack do you work on? Like how many uh, other, like that, that detailed sort of stuff. Like are you using an API? All that sort of stuff too early on. Uh, they're just trolling you. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 let's go business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Today, we are once again live on Amazon. And the reason I want to mention that is because everything you see behind me, the backdrop, the microphone, this wonderful gaming chair, everything can be found in the carousel. If you're watching on TV or on the podcast channels, search for Christoph Trapp, Amazon Storefront, and you can find all these products there. But the product we're going to spend most of our time on today is actually Alex Berman's cold email manifesto. And what's interesting to me when it comes to uh, cold email, I get a lot of them. Most of them are horrible, a waste of my time. Why are you emailing me? Why are you asking me if I read your email? I didn't. I didn't. So let's talk about what are some good practices? What are the best practices when it comes to cold email? And certainly people do respond to cold email um, at times. But what do we need to consider? How do we do it? Who should do it? And we'll try to fit all that in our typical 26-minute format, 24 minutes at this point. Uh, but I'm excited to talk with Alex Berman. He's the founder of Omni.us and also the author of the book I already showed you. Alex, welcome. Thanks for having me. There we go. I mentioned it every time. If you hear me make that sound on a podcast channel, we're fist bumping. Hop on over to Spotify where you can watch the video version. Alex, so tell us, cold email, why are you making that your livelihood, I guess, so to speak? So cold email is a superpower, is what I like to say. Um, cold email, if people don't know, is sending an email message to somebody that doesn't know you and pitching your product or service to them. And the reason why I'm, I'm so committed to this, we've been doing this now for six, seven years. We we've have a seven-figure agency. We've got you know these SaaS. We had four SaaS exits uh, in the last year and a half. And all of that is, is via cold email. So the, the way that I like to frame it is, you know, if, you're, if, you, uh, if you don't know anybody and, and you're in a country where nobody uh, you know, can help you, maybe you're in a third world country, whatever, you can use cold email to, to succeed. If you're in the U.S. and you're in the wrong city, for instance, you can use cold email to succeed. So it's the great equalizer. Uh, everyone is open to a good, high quality pitch, similar to what you were saying in the intro. Uh, if you're sent a message and it's bad, uh, you're going to delete it. You're going to market as spam. But everybody in the world runs off that email inbox. So if you can become a master at ranking and hitting uh, the top of people inboxes and writing messages in a way that people respond to, uh, then you can 
basically do whatever you want, bro. We've sent cold emails to billionaires. We've gotten uh, feedback on our apps from like Mark Cuban. We've booked meetings with Fortune 500 companies using cold email. So anybody can do this. Um, you know, we have our, our coaching students, hundreds of, of coaching students are seeing the exact same thing. And then, uh, you know, businesses all around the world uh, are using this um, to, to grow. So it's a, a, a tried and true tactic for basically getting whatever you want out of life. And that's why I love cold email. <laughs> and what's in, what's interesting to me is uh, I would bet you that the people that I responded to when they sent me something that I care about, I never even thought about the term cold email. I never even thought about the term spam or anything, right? I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. I kind of want that. I want to learn more. So, but but before we dive into what makes a good cold email, uh, let's talk about how do we even know who to email? I mean, if you're doing a one-on-one, -on -one, and maybe that's the trick, maybe that's the, the answer to the question, but if you are doing a one-on-one -on -one email to, to Mark Cuban, I mean, that's easy enough, right? You just got to figure out what his email is. But how do you identify who you should email? And should you just, you know, email groups of people or like one-on-one -on -one conversations and one at a time? Or, or, or how do we think about that? Sure. Yeah, when, it, when I emailed Cuban, it wasn't because I wanted to talk to Mark Cuban. I was actually, uh, Taplio was the, the last SaaS I was running, still on the team there. Um, but Taplio was a LinkedIn content creation tool using AI. So I'm like, all right, who is going to be worth talking to for this? Well, let's talk to some LinkedIn influencers, you know, some people that have over 40,000, 50,000 followers on LinkedIn and reach out to them. And Cuban just happened to be on that list. So when I emailed them, um, that, that's, that's the way I think about all cold email campaigns. There's, there's three things you want. You want target. So who am I actually emailing? Meaning what's the job title? What's the criteria that they're, that they are, um, you know, like the LinkedIn influencers thing. So target offer, what am I actually selling them? And then case study, uh, what can I use to back up my, my promise there? So the billionaire email, whatever the, the Cuban email was for Taplio. Uh, another campaign we ran for Taplio as well for LinkedIn influencers was for um, people at Fortune 500 companies and rapidly growing startups uh, to join the, the platform. And that one, that's the target. The offer was, hey, I'll give you free access to, uh, to Taplio so you can publish. Um, on, on our back end, it was like they get free access. And then if they want to add team members, that's how we would make money. And then the case study was uh, Lemlist, which is another company, had used Taplio to uh, 4x their, um, their number of uh, mentions, brand mentions on LinkedIn by getting the rest of their team to post uh, on LinkedIn. So once you have those three things, then you can write your cold email campaigns, you can build your lead lists, and you can go. But without knowing exactly who you're targeting, without having something to sell them, and without having some kind of proof to back up that claim, uh, you, you, you're not able to start. So you need those three things first. And I think just to clarify before we dive in any in, in deeper into the topic, there was a topic, I remember what it was, but in your book you say, this is for B2B companies. For B2C, it doesn't work. Um, and when I read that, I, I was thinking there was some other example. Now, of course, I can't think of it now. But And I was like, this other thing we talked about is really only for B2C. B2B can't really do this. Whatever it was. I don't remember. Maybe it was, oh, maybe it was direct mail when we had the direct mail show, right? Like if you want to reach B2C customers that are around you because you want to sell them pizza, direct mail works. If you're selling an expensive piece of software, it makes no difference whether their offices are around you, right? It makes a difference of where they are. So tell me about um, 
why this works specifically well for B2B in, in uh, you know, what should those companies consider here? Sure. Uh, and I'm not going to say cold email doesn't work for B2C. It's just not my specialty. So B2C cold email business to consumer is more of the spam that you see in your inbox. Like, you know, someone's pitching you on like refinancing your student loans or like, uh, you know, someone's selling that little blue pill. That's, <laughs> that's B2C cold email. That's something that I, I don't touch. Uh, B2B cold email works because it's targeted and it's personalized and you're sending to specific businesses, right? You're selling to businesses that want to receive your email and uh, have the high likelihood to buy from you. Um, it works better with higher value stuff too. So if you want to, for instance, send, let's say hundred emails and let's say you get four meetings off of that, you want to have like a 25% close rate on that. Uh, and you want to make a few thousand bucks to make it worth your time. So it works best for any, anything B2B, whether that's, you know, higher ticket SaaS where you're charging, you know, 50, 60 bucks a month and you lock people in for a year or agency services, you know, where you're charging hundred K for a deal or five figures for a deal, or even, um, we've used cold emails to, to book companies that turned into million dollar deals as well. Uh, multi-million dollar deals. So anything like that, that's, that's what it's for. Uh, cause it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of, uh, list building, lead cleaning, um, manual work to create a good cold email campaign. And so uh, to, to waste the contact, um, you know, by spamming lists out, uh, it's, it's kind of, um, it's, it's, not, it's not worth cold email. Cold email is, is worth too much as a tool to be able to get there in somebody's inbox where they are every day. Uh, it's worth too much to be spamming out unpersonalized messages. And, you know, when you say personalized, that, that kind of leads into my next question, because I'd be interested to find out what's like the anatomy of a good cold email. And, and some of the things, you know, that I always follow is uh, I know the best practices. I try to follow them when they make sense. I don't always um, I sometimes break them when I think it makes sense. You know, but I use subjectline.com. Jay Schwedelson was on the show and we talked about that. Right. You can measure your subject line against all the best practices and see how close you get. Doesn't mean you have to get to a hundred every time. Um, but certainly those things work. Uh, I also like to keep my emails. I don't know what the right number is currently, but somewhere between 80 to hundred words maybe. Right. And have something interesting in there. Um, but certainly there has to be more to what people need to consider. So what makes up a good cold email? What's like the anatomy of that cold email, so to speak? Sure. Well, it comes down to the the basics at first, you know, making sure that you're selling something people need to the people that need it. Uh, and if you can have those unlocked, like talk about Pareto, right? Talk about the 80-20 of a, uh, of a good cold email campaign. 80% of it is the target and the offer, and only 20% is the copy. Let's say you're selling to, um, let's say you're selling SEO to a company that really needs SEO and they're in the manufacturing industry and you've already worked with a major manufacturer, right? So that's the campaign that you're sending out to the company that you're sending out to. It doesn't matter if that's a five paragraph email or a one sentence email. As long as you get that info across, uh, you're going to get major responses. Uh, similar to, uh, let's say you're sending cold emails uh, to do podcast editing since you're a podcast host, right? If I send an email to 10,000 random people about pitching this podcast editing thing and maybe saying I've worked on these podcasts and I'd love to edit your show, then the response rate is going to be really low. But if I send the email to 10,000 podcast hosts, then again, it doesn't matter if the email's five paragraphs or one sentence, the response rate is going to be a lot higher. So 80% of it's going to be the target and it's going to be the offer. 
Um, at that point, then the email script itself is fairly easy. Uh, we follow a process called the three C's, compliment, case study, call to action. So we're, intro we're starting with a, a compliment. So like, you know, hey, Christopher came across uh, this business storytelling show, really loved the interview you did with XYZ person. Uh, then that's compliment. So then the case study, uh, I'm a podcast editor. I've worked with dozens of other shows, including, you know, XYZ company to get their, uh, get their shows edited and would love to do the same for you. Mind if I send over, uh, and then call to action. Mind if I send over some examples of past work or mind if I send over a few times for a quick call. And that's all you really need. Compliment, case study, call to action, compliment them, show that you know who they are and it's just to them. Case study, show that you've done what they need in the past and call to action, show them uh, where they should go after that. So I'm always suspicious when people email me and say, I really liked your show on whatever, whoever, whoever, who, it's usually the last show, right? They always listen to the last episode. And of course I grew up as a journalist. So I'm always, I, I'm, I'm just going to delete it most of the time anyways, but I'm always tempted to write back, oh, what part did you like? Um, or, you know, like, oh, you know, like the whole trick. Hey, where'd you grow up, Alex? Oh, and then you say whatever. And I say, oh, I went to school there too. And you just kind of made it up, right? But how, I mean, first of all, let's assume they're not making it up. And they actually listen to it. That's a lot of work for just one person. And I mean, they can't use that opening line for anybody else, right? I mean, they have to figure out something they like about somebody else. And then my follow-up would be, how do you find out all that stuff? Because if I, you know, I'm easy to, to I'm easy to scout, right? I'm a, I'm, I'm a content creator, but the, I don't know, chief product officer at company X who doesn't do anything online, how do you know what to compliment them on? So the first line depends on, on the target. So for instance, if I'm reaching out to podcast hosts or YouTubers, Saying I'm a fan of their content is usually enough. I know I'm a YouTuber, right? I'm a content creator. If someone's like, hey, Alex, really love the content you're putting out. That's enough of a generality to keep me reading. Because I'm like, oh, this is a fan. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm fine with that. But yeah, when it comes to uh, different companies, it actually is different depending on the, uh, the target. So for instance, if you're reaching out to any sort of agency, what I like to do is I would say like, you know, hey, Chris, big fan of Acme. Uh, really love the work you did on Tyson Chicken. And the that uh, phrase Tyson Chicken would be pulled from your portfolio on your website. So a lot of agencies love to uh, list some of their biggest clients on their website. So what we can do is we're, if we're building a list is have somebody grab uh, each of those. You can also in the first line, call out how you found them. So for instance, let's say you're selling, um, you know, sales consulting to people that are Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies. Then you can open with, you know, hey, Chris, really love the growth story on Acme. Congrats on being a four, uh, Inc. 5,000 fastest growing company. And now that is something that you could write to all 5,000 of the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies, and you will get somebody to perk up. That's the other thing about cold email. Like, yeah, you are, you, based on what you've just said, might be soured on cold email. But if I were to um, pitch something that you value and you could afford it, you would still buy because you're still doing services for your business. And if you're not, then you wouldn't even be on the uh, lead list or you wouldn't be qualified anyway. So that's, that's the other thing. Like it's hard for people to understand the value of cold emails because they come from that place. They're like, um, you know, 
I never buy from cold email, but the reason why you're not buying from cold email is because you don't need the $5,000 a month SEO service, right? <laughs> the person that needs that is the CEO at the company that's already spending 500,000 on SEO and, you know, is looking for some more, uh, some more of an edge. So that, that's the other thing, you know, you always make sure before you, um, give feedback or before you poo poo a topic or anything like that, that you are in the exact target market that you're going after. Cause you'd be, you'd be surprised at the, um, at the differences. I just bought uh, YouTube consulting from this guy that has, uh, he's got 10 of these uh, million dollar play buttons and I didn't even need to hop on a call with them. I just saw the picture. I'm like, this is sick. And I sent him three K, you know, I only talked to him for about 10 seconds and it's cause I can afford that. And we needed YouTube growth. So when you're talking to the right clients that are qualified, then they will pay you and they'll, they'll convert. And if you're talking to the wrong clients, that's when you start seeing the pushback similar to what you would say of like, which part of the episode is your favorite part, right? Like if somebody had said that to me, uh, that's a red flag um, in the purchasing. Uh, it, that's, that's a red flag client, by the way, if, they, if, they are, if they're asking and saying stuff like that. Because they're not necessarily ready to buy. They're just trying to test you, uh, yes. which is true, right? That is in fact why you would ask that. I mean, even mm-hmm. though, Partially, you're making conversation, which is what some of these people do, too. Um, what's interesting, too, it drives me crazy. Anybody who just poo-poos anything. Uh, I and this is kind of part of part of the, the, the goal first of the time show, I've said right? <laughs> what? That's the first time I've said that phrase in my life. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's just like that's part of the show, quite frankly, Alex, that, you know, we're looking at all these different strategies, whether people use every single thing we talk about or not is irrelevant, but we should consider them. We should look at them. We should see what's working and what's not working. And it's, I think in your book, you talk about back in the day, decades ago, when people called people um, over dinner time, right? And I think it was Bell, one of the Bell chief marketing officers or whatever the title was at the time, said he couldn't even go to a dinner party because as soon as he said he worked for Bell, everybody says, oh my God, Bell keeps calling me over the dinner hour. And he said, I get it, but you know what? That's how we get customers. And it worked at that time. Certainly today, you know, I mean, I get some phone calls, but I don't, I don't get that many phone calls. And, and even if I do, they don't even ring because they go to the filter. Um, but again, it's a very similar model, is it not, right? Because at the end of the day, some people say, oh, it doesn't work on me. It's annoying to me. But for the people that it matters to, it works on them. It works with them. Exactly. For the people that... That it matters to, it works with them. So if you think about, yeah, a director of marketing for a rapidly growing startup, like similar to, okay, Omni.us is a cold email tool. So we help companies do cold email. We help them do uh, other Omni-channel outreach, like handwritten notes, cold texting, all that sort of stuff. And our target market is um, heads of growth at companies that have just raised funding. And the reason why that's our target is once they've raised funding, they have aggressive growth goals that they need to hit, and they have a lot of money to spend to make that happen. So that is a golden goose uh, type of target for cold email. And outside that target, yeah, you're going to get feedback. You're going to get pushback. But if somebody's not in your target market, if they're not your target customer, then their feedback is completely irrelevant to the campaign. So the other thing I wanted to mention really quickly is um, when you mentioned Inc. 5000. So if you reach out to me personally and you want to say my podcast, certainly you have to Look that up, I guess, somehow, or it has to be in a database somewhere. But Inc. 5000, you could literally email 5000 companies and say, so excited you're on the Inc. 5000. Congratulations. Done. Right. That doesn't need any more personalization. 
And it just comes down to the pitch after that. You know, I was a director of marketing at an agency. We were in 5,000 four years in a row. And I would get a crazy amount of cold emails. And first of all, everyone loves a compliment. Like, congrats on the 5,000. That's great. But then, yeah, what are you saying in the second line to get people to respond to you? The other thing I wanted to talk about briefly is the red flag customer. And unfortunately, it is unfortunate that I'm a red flag customer in, in this example. For but this it happens. exact thing, yeah, who knows? I, <laughs> totally fine. I'm, I'm mostly kidding. But um, so some of my, so I do sponsored content here and there on ChristophTrap.com. I also do sponsored guests. Today is not a sponsored episode, just a regular editorial episode. But my red flag, like here's my red flag for all those conversations. And it's the end of the conversation. Like I stop talking to them because it's a waste of my time to explain it to them. If they say there cannot be a mention anywhere that the content is sponsored. Translation. Christoph, for this amount of money, which is fine, but it's not. I'm not going to be a millionaire and retire after this one thing. We want you to violate the law of the United States. (laughs) Red flag customer. The end. I'm done talking to you, right? It should make sense to people. But you'd be surprised how many people actually say that. What are some other red flags when it comes to cold email where you know they're not the right customer? It doesn't make any sense uh, uh, to move forward. Like, like what are some other um, signs, signals? Sure. Um, and this is similar for any other agency service. If you email somebody and they're like the expert. So for instance, if I'm pitching cold email and they say something like, how many inboxes do you run per month? Are you doing email warm up? Do you have domains ready? Like if they have all these questions, then you know that they are probably a bad fit customer. It's similar if you're selling web development. If you're like trying to pitch web development and someone gets back, like what tech stack do you work on? Like how many uh, other, like that, that detailed sort of stuff. Like are you using an API? All that sort of stuff too early on. Uh, they're just trolling you. Um, the other way is if they start asking things about things that aren't the offer, similar to what you just said, Christopher, about the, um, you know, what podcast episode did you listen to or how did you find my name? That sort of stuff is red flag. Um, but besides that, if they're responding positively, uh, you, you just handle it. Most of the red flag screening is actually done on the lead gen uh, side of things. So for instance, I know if I'm reaching out to directors of growth, at a company that just raised Series A two weeks ago, <laughs> they're going to most likely uh, be a good fit. But if I'm reaching out to directors of growth at all companies, uh, then there's going to be a lot more of those that are a bad fit. So most of that um, most of that sorting can be done actually on the lead gen side of it. That's where cold email really shines compared to something like paid ads. Because we're not, paid ads is more of a spamming strategy than cold email, right? We're not just showing our ad to thousands of people and seeing who applies. We're building a list one by one of the exact right customers and only showing our pitch to those people. But there is an advantage. I mean, there, there could be a reason to do email too or in conjunction, right? I mean, when we when uh, Eric Van Kirkhoff was on the show and he talked about direct mail, he owns a print shop, get this, a print shop. But he said, I am not a fan of putting all your eggs in one basket. So yes, I think if you are in this market, you should try direct mail. But try to also tie it in with all these other things. What these other things are exactly depends on what you're trying to do, just like direct mail being part of it, you know, depends. But do do you feel that same way? Like, should you tie it in with your overall strategy? Or is it like, this is the silver bullet to use another uh, buzzword here today? If you're trying to sell, you need to do whatever is going to work. That's actually the mission at Omni.us is make omni-channel easier. So 
for instance, yeah, we do cold email, but you're also chasing people down, you know, via text. And soon we're going to have handwritten notes and gifts being sent out and all this sort of stuff. It just depends on how much you can pay to acquire a customer. Cold email is free, you know, or basically free. You just sit there and send a uh, send an email. But a cold call, you know, might take even if it takes 10 minutes of your time, if you're getting paid $20 an hour, there's still a cost there. An ad, it might take $200 to book a call. Uh, even a handwritten letter is two, three bucks. So it just depends on what your business can afford to pay for a customer. And yeah, if you can pay thousands of dollars for a customer, you should do it all. You should be running ads and sending handwritten notes and going to events and meeting people in person. You should do all this stuff. But if you're ranking it by you know, cost uh, per contact plus what it costs, what it, what it takes in terms of ROI. So cost per ROI, cold email wins every single time. And of course, the one editorial comment I do have to, I do feel like I have to make nothing in life is free, right? You're always paying with your time or you're paying with finding the people who can do it cheaply or you can, uh, you, you know, whatever. There's always something. Uh, Alex, very eye-opening. Really appreciate uh, you coming on the show in the last 50 seconds here. So tell us, what does your company do? Who should connect with it? And, 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 and how does that look? Sure. Omni.us will write your entire outbound sequence for free for you. Um, as part of the free trial. So just go on over to omni.us. You can fill out that form and it'll create an entire outbound cold email and cold text sequence for you. So you can just get going right away. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.